Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Friday the 3rd of February. Hope you're okay. Coming up, we've been chatting to Kent's Mimi Webb following her Brit nomination. Plus, hear from the Gillingham manager ahead of their sold-out game this weekend. But first, a 15-year-old boy is among four people who've been charged with attempted murder after a man was stabbed in an alleyway in Gravesend. The victim is in his 40s and we're told he's in a stable condition in hospital. Following the attack, that happened on Grange Road in the early hours of last Friday. The teenagers due at Crown Court next month, along with three other men who are aged 18, 40 and 42. Police and paramedics have been called to a secondary school in Ashford after a pupil was hit by a car. Faversham Road in Kennington was closed following the collision outside Towers School this morning. Teachers had to help direct traffic. It's unclear how badly the pupil was hurt. It's been confirmed a Kent couple who were found dead after going missing on holiday in Wales had drowned. An inquest has heard Rachel and Helen Patching from West Morling were visiting a waterfall when they disappeared last month. A member of the public is said to have contacted police after spotting a body in the water. At Kent Online today, you can see the moment a van driver led police on a chase through Dartford at speeds above 100 miles per hour. Stop! Get that out. Yeah, Red. Yeah, thank you, sir. Vehicle is continuing lane two of three. He's increasing speed to one zero zero now. Uh, lane two of three with traffic being medium. Approaching half a mile from Dartford Heath Junction. Connor Hitchin is said to have shown a shocking disregard for other road users as officers followed him along the A2 near Dartford Heath last November. He was eventually arrested at a car park. The 30-year-old from Lower Station Road in Crayford will have nine points on his licence for three years. He's also got to pay more than £1,000 in fines and costs. Kent Online News. The parents of a baby boy who died after choking on food at a nursery in Ashford say they will appeal the decision to bring no criminal charges in the case. Nine-month-old Oliver Steeper passed away in hospital six days after it happened at Jelly Beans Day Nursery in September 2021. Kent Police say they won't be investigating further unless new information comes to light. Oliver's mum and dad say they're hugely disappointed and shocked. Next today, a grieving Kent mum has hit out after being told to remove decorations and fences from her baby's graves. Caris Berry's two boys are both laid to rest in the grounds of St Peter's and St Paul's Church in Borton under Bleen. She's received a letter saying the ornaments will be taken away if they're not cleared by the end of the month. It's because they're not allowed under the site's regulations. Well, Caris has been speaking to the podcast. I actually felt offended. I felt hurt and offended. It's, it's a baby's grave. It's a place of remembrance. It's not a tourist spot. I felt sad that it's another battle that we have to fight. My son Phoenix has died less than 18 months ago. It's still really raw for us. We're still living the trauma every day. And we should be able to celebrate his life in a way that we see fit. And for us, that is coming down on his birthday and the anniversaries and laying some fresh flowers with a new, a new ornament. You know, any old ornaments that are past their time get taken away. When you lose your baby, it goes far beyond the physical loss of the baby. It doesn't end at the burial. It doesn't end at the grave. It, it, 
is everlasting. It will carry on for the rest of your life. Every year is, there's another birthday, there's another passing anniversary. When on, we couldn't throw them a first birthday party. We can't buy them birthday presents. And it feels like the one thing we can do for them, which is decorate their graves and keep them nice and tidy, it feels like that's being taken away from us. Their grave has the correct headstone in line with the regulations. So when you pick the headstone, you're, you get a choice of three. So we don't even get to pick the headstone that we want. Um, there are some small ornaments and flower containers. As both my sons are dead, I'm unable to buy them birthday presents and throw them parties. So as a mark of respect and a demonstration of my love, I always buy them a new ornament as well as some flowers to mark their birthday slash anniversaries. I'm deeply hurt by this letter, not least because the land was donated to the council by my son's late great uncle. The grave is in no way cluttered or unsightly, but a beautiful memorial for my baby sons. Next to my son's Toby and Phoenix is a 90 year old lady. This lady has had a fulfilled life. She's celebrated her birthdays. She's reached her milestones. That's something that my babies won't ever get to do. So we celebrate their life in the only way that we can. My first son, Toby, was buried here in January 2018. That, and that was five years ago, and we have never had a problem until now. The, the letter was cold. Um, it was unsympathetic, and that's not how you address grieving families. What, what is the area for? Is it for grieving families to visit their loved ones? Is it, for the, is it for the deceased loved ones? Or is it a tourist spot? It feels very clinical and that's not the resting place that I want for my two baby sons. And it's not like the rules have changed so I can now dig them up and move them. They have to stay there. We're told the issue is due to be discussed at the next parish council meeting. Health news now and there's been an increase in the number of people in hospital with coronavirus in Kent. 124 patients were being treated in the county on Wednesday. That's up from 109 last week. Figures also show COVID cases have risen by more than a third in the seven days to last Saturday. Meantime, tributes are being paid to a man from Deal who's died just two months after being diagnosed with cancer. 53-year-old Gary Begg discovered he had the disease after breaking his arm and going to hospital. His wife's described him as her best friend and says he had a wicked sense of humour. A family have been forced to leave their home in Ashford after a devastating fire. On the website, you can see pictures and videos showing the extent of the damage at the house in Norwood Gardens. The blaze broke out on Wednesday and a fundraising page has been set up to help the mum and three children get back on their feet. Kent Online reports. Now, several Kent MPs have voted in favour of controversial new targets allowing water companies to continue dumping sewage into the sea for another 15 years. 13 Conservatives have supported the government legislation despite some criticising the pollution in the past. Campaigners are calling for more action sooner to protect our rivers and oceans. No trains have been running in Kent again today because of further strike action. Train drivers from the Aslef and RMT unions are walking out again in a dispute over pay. We're told normal services will resume tomorrow. At Kent Online today, you can see shocking footage of a train catching fire at West Morling Station. Emergency crews were called yesterday evening. The train and platform were evacuated, but luckily no one was hurt. Some campaigners say it's an example of why guards are needed instead of switching to driver-only services. There's a warning as scammers posing as police officers target at least seven people people in East Kent. Victims in Ashford, Canterbury and Folkestone were contacted by a fraudster who tried to gain access to their bank accounts. Now, luckily, none of them fell for it, but police are urging us all to be vigilant.
A project is underway in Faversham to try and help us recycle more items that traditionally can't go in curbside recycling collections. Plastics like cheese wrappers, Pringle pot lids, coffee capsules and bread bags have been collected by a charity in the town. The waste that they gather will be converted into cash to help run their centre on Tanner Street. I've been chatting to Nicola May, who works for the National Shrine of St Jude. We're trying to be more green, we're trying to be more environmentally friendly. You know, it's really important. And we're trying to encourage less waste to landfill. And we've been working with TerraCycle mainly, but we also have other recycling in process at the moment. And we collect everything from Pringle pots to coffee pots, um, confectionery, cheese wrappers, bread bags. I mean, the list Ferrero Rocher tubs, lots and lots of things that we've managed to put in place in our uh, community area so we've got a big recycling hub and we've got all the distribute all the boxes where you can put all the bits and pieces all the posters on the wall it's really clear for anybody as to what we can recycle you know coins stamps electronics and the list goes on yeah because i think some of us don't always realize that we're putting the wrong things into the collection bags at home because not everything can be recycled can not every bit of plastic no absolutely you know myself included the times i've thought can i put this in my my recycling do i need to wash this jar will they accept this lid and it's it's really complicated isn't it but what we've tried to do here is put it on the wall separate the tubs make it really clear for the community to be able to come in and go oh yeah they take the tube of pringle but they can't take the lid for instance if people get it wrong we just process it for our own waste you know they're not always perfect but you know it's it's building up nicely and because you're working with TerraCycle I know you've got other organizations helping out as yeah. well but TerraCycle in particular obviously that's going to be of benefit because there's a financial element to that isn't there can you explain how it works what we do is we collect the shipments um by weight and then we free post it to TerraCycle that are based in Blackburn they weigh that upon receipt turn it into TerraCycle points for us and then um yearly I turn those points into pounds and then that helps support the Carmelite friars around Great Britain the worldwide and look after the site in Faversham you know and it all raises money for the charity so you know people are stopping things going into landfill and raising us funds you know so it's everybody's on a win-win. And do you think the easier we make this process then the more people will become engaged with it and they will want to come along and and get rid of their waste rather than just put it as you say in a black plastic bag at the end of their drive? 100% you know I know, like we've just said, it's been so complicated, even, you know, with our local councils when we first got our recycling bins and the list of do's and don'ts and things. It's got to be easy to encourage people to do it. We need to be um, local and it needs to be convenient for people to drop in because the moment it becomes a hassle or it's going to take too long out of somebody's day. We're all busy people, so we need to make it as easy and as flexible for everybody involved. Kent Online reports. This is a bit of an unusual one. A man who lives next to a Morrison's store in Faversham is worried new AMPR cameras could be peering into his bedroom and bathroom. Supermarket bosses have had to apply for retrospective permission after installing the equipment without approval from the council. They insist it complies with GDPR regulations. 
A Folkestone school has kept its outstanding rating following a visit by inspectors. Ofsted went to Harvey Grammar just before Christmas and have just published their findings. They've praised its strong focus on literacy and support for equality and diversity. Next today in Canterbury's Mimi Webb has been chatting to our sister radio station KMFM just weeks after being nominated for a Brit Award. She was on Breakfast with Gary and Chelsea earlier. Honestly, I'm just, I'm so excited. I can't believe it. it you know, it's something I've dreamt of for so, so many years. And, you know, me and my family would always sit, sit in Kent back at home and be watching it every year. So just to be able to now go this year and, you know, be attending as a nom- nominee is just mind blowing. <laughs> What's been the biggest sort of pinch me moment so far in your short career? I would probably say um, it was probably doing the Jubilee and then doing this and we're having this nomination. I think those two moments for me were just something that, you know, I'll never forget. I'm just, I'm so shocked. And I think to also be alongside all those incredible artists and, you know, nominees is, is just amazing. How will you respond when it is announced? What kind of winner or loser are you? Oh yeah, have you got your game face ready? Oh, yeah. So that's the thing, because I know with it, they like, you know, they obviously film you as whoever, you know, those reactions. So I definitely think, you know, I will just be there. Like, I've honestly thought about this in my head and rewound it like so many times and thought about how I'm going to do it. What's the pro- what the process is going to be. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just going to sit there and I'm just going to take it. I'm going to be excited for everyone. Yeah, I'm just going to really take it in, breathe. And whatever happens, keep smiling. (laughs) (laughs) If you missed their chat, you can listen to the full thing at kmfm.co.uk. Just click on podcasts. A parade of school children with homemade lanterns will help brighten up Maidstone today. They'll be walking from County Hall to Jubilee Square as part of the Light Up Festival, which will also include still walkers, snow globes and dancers. Organisers are hoping it'll cheer people up during the difficult winter period. And you can head to Kent Online today to see the trailer for a new series that was filmed on the Kent coast and stars Lily Allen. Dreamland is set, as you might expect, in Margate and follows the performer's character Mel as she attends a baby shower in the seaside town. It's going to be on Sky and Now TV later this year. Kent Online Sports. Football first up and Gillingham will be hoping to get another vital win in front of a sold-out Priestfield this weekend. They're currently second from bottom in League Two and host Crawley Town. The Jules have been in much better form since adding to their squad last month, winning two of their last three games. This match will see striker Tom Nichols face his former team for the first time since leaving. He's also in great form with three goals in three. We've been catching up with manager Neil Harris. He's been a breath of fresh air in the building. Great lad. Um, great in the change room. And, and, and honestly, I believe that, 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 that two and a half, three weeks he had with us mm. um, around Christmas onwards set him in great stead um, because he, he trained the majority of the sessions. Um, we got him a little bit fitter and and gave him the opportunity to integrate into the group um, without the pressure of having to be fit for a Saturday. And and once he's in the team, he's hit the ground running, he's got three and three, and then different maybe to some of the goals I thought he might score. Um, you know, three Alex McDonald assists. Um, but it just shows that he's a quality player that's, that's got timing and a goal instinct. And... Again, stand by what I said. Tom Nichols should score more. Should have scored more goals than he has, but I think it's just a lot of it's just been down to um, sort of start of play, possibly, and how good he is at everything else in his game. But he's a bloody good finisher as well, and that's where I want him. I want him in the box to score goals. Um, 
I'm going to be been demanding of him. I carry on being demanding of him because he, he's he's a leader, um, not always by by voice, but he's leader by presence and game understanding. And he needs to do both sides of the game for me. He needs to be without the ball and with the ball. And um, it's been a really good start. No, no pressure from me. Um, yeah, it'd be lovely if he can make it four and four. Um, but you know, he, he's got off to a great start in a genuine shirt. And hope that continues. Kickoff tomorrow is at three. You can follow the match action at Kent Online. We'll have reaction to the result in bulletins on KMFM on Sunday and a more in-depth chat following the game in the podcast on Monday. And in cricket, Joe Denlitz agreed to stay at Kent for at least another three years. The 36-year-old was born in Canterbury and came through the club's academy as a teenager. He scored more than 18,000 runs for Kent in his career so far and has also played for England. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out the latest review from our secret drinker and head to the What's On pages to find out what's happening in the county over the next few days. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.